want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the Halo Talks 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to 1,000 by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on Chartable's top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks. Have a great season. Let's go. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of bringing Russ Meneev. He is going to be pivoting from a stand-up comedian and all-around great New Yorker into an entrepreneur in the Halo sector. He's going to be talking about prevention. We're going to be talking about making sure people stay safe. And he's got an innovative product that he developed based on his own personal experiences. So, Russ, welcome to your first Halo Talks. Oh, Mike, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this. Awesome. So we uh, we connected through uh, Catherine Martin, who's been a uh, long-term uh, fan of the Halo flag and uh, a friend of the square. So we want to thank her first for uh, for connecting us. Um, you know, at first we, uh, you know, looking at, at new ideas and new startups, you kind of have to look at it at a pretty fine-tuned lens um, in order to figure out, you know, where there's opportunity. Um, and after watching the videos of what you develop, um, you know, and, and we say every great business starts with a personal frustration that you're solving. Um, kind of walk us through your your personal tragedy with your, uh, you know, on the weightlifting side and uh, how you've kind of turned that into a solution. Okay. Well, uh, a couple of years ago, I had a very devastating injury from a freeway bar out of control. Um, ended up having, tore my shoulder, had to get surgery. It's a year plus recovery, very difficult. In fact, it's so difficult that while you're in it, you don't see a pathway back to a full recovery. It's very, very upsetting. But finally, I made it back. So I was so upset that there was really nothing on the market at all to prevent this that I said, you know what? I'm going to finish a product. Uh, no matter what way it goes, I'm going to make a great product and finish it. So um, what I have now is a device that no matter where you let go of a bar in any free weight lift, all of them, and that includes CrossFit, powerlifting, regular lifting, you can, there's a laser running across the bar. You can let go of the bar. It'll stop that bar anywhere in the lift. And it's a device that can attach to all racks and machines. No new equipment needs to be purchased for a gym. Yeah. So, so you've got it set up basically as, you know, effectively a, a mechanical pulley system and then, and then a laser, you know, uh, indicator, um, I guess. So, you know, when you map this out as you were, you, you were recovering, on the shoulder side, obviously you don't have a, a background in this, but you know, a lot of companies are formed based on somebody with a great idea and then they go and seek out, you know, the technical or the, the, the engineering specialty to figure out what's possible, um, right. you know, and troubleshoot it from there. So talk about, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, there, there's a sequence to building a company, just like there's a blueprint for building a house. Um, right. So talk about some of the steps that you said, okay, in order for me to take it from A to B, and I got to go to Z, you know, what were some of the first calls that you made? Okay. So I have uh, some very close friends that, uh, from MIT, 
Um, and they were able to hook me up with two tremendous uh, MIT PhD engineers in mechanical engineering. Um, so we talked about this. We talked about this problem, what I wanted to do, and we got to work on it. And through several iterations, the course of a year and a half, uh, we were able to come up with a, a really phenomenal product. Uh, the guys did a really, really, really great job. And it really can hold a lot of weight, up to like a thousand pounds. Again, as I said, a laser actuator runs across the bar. So the lifter, there's no noticeable feel of anything other than the lift. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a very natural uh, freeway bar that simply you open your hands and it'll stop that bar anywhere. You know, they say that in weightlifting, probably your last couple of reps are really kind of what changes you. Right. Um, so from a standpoint of, um, you know, people that lift weights and don't have a spotter, um, you know, somewhat, you know, gross negligence in a public place if you're in a, if you're in a gym. Um, yeah. If you're at home, you know, you might not have your cell phone close enough to you to actually unpin yourself. <laughs> so, you know, as you started looking at, you know, the size of the market, obviously there's, there's hundreds of thousands of Olympic squat racks, um, you know, whether it's uh, bench pressing, whether it's, um, you know, shoulder, um, you know, extensions or, you know, upright rows, you know, how, how'd you start to think about, or how are you thinking about now penetrating the market? And, you know, there, there's a cost to your, to your product that that's a hard cost, but there's also, you know, a recurring revenue stream of, of maintaining lasers and maintaining centralized support to know like, Hey, we've got some issues here going on. Um, you know, lasers has been triggered X amount of time. Maybe there's something wrong with that machine. Right. 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 Okay. So the, 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 the market is enormous. So there's about 200,000, 200,000 gyms around the world with racks and benches and everything. The home gyms, there's the school gyms, there's physical therapy centers, uh, apartment buildings, hotels, it goes on and on. And, and again, as I said, this could be, the beauty of this is, is that no new equipment needs to be purchased. It, it can be easily placed on, fixed on quit, very quickly. The bar slipped in with the laser actuator and it's ready to go. Um, on top of that, um, there is, a so it'll be an upfront cost with that. And then there is recurring revenue as far as a maintenance plan and, uh, we can also put chips into this product so it can do all of the sports analytics, which is the big thing now. So it's velocity-based training. It's your, your measurements, all these things. And through an app, a very low cost app, uh, all of those metrics can be displayed and, uh, recorded. Uh, and that, that'll be a low cost ongoing recurring fee for that. Now, um, now I don't know yeah. the amount of claims on behalf of an individual health club, when somebody says, Hey, I hurt myself, you know, inside the club, you know, lifting weights, it's a pretty frequent, um, you know, nuisance claim. Obviously a lot of people are, are self-directed. So, you know, you're self-directed, but somehow you're not self-insured, um, where you actually blame the club or blame the site or blame the municipality, you know, on trying to do, uh, you know, 400 pound, uh, Olympic squat when you probably should be doing 200 pound Olympic squats. So, you know, talk a little bit about how you believe this potentially one reduces accidents two, you know, potentially lowers the insurance claims or costs. And also, you know, from a standpoint of insurance companies, they might say, Hey, look, you, I, you actually have to have this device, whatever the ultimate name is 
Um, and, and I'll give you as a, as a health club operator, municipality, a lower, um, you know, insurance premium because it's just like, you know, the equivalent of wearing a seatbelt. So right. talk, talk a little was, bit yep. about how you're thinking about the positioning of the product and how many stakeholders, if you will, you know, this basically supports. Well, I was, I was, it is perfectly analogous with the seatbelt. You know, it's one of those things where we can look back on it and, and it's so obvious, you know, um, if you went on YouTube, you would spend the rest of your life trying to get through all the dim fails and the accidents that happen. And it's with, with benching, with over the head, all, every lift. Um, not only that, when I am in the gym, I do see accidents. I do see drops. In fact, I was showing it to a gym owner. Uh, he was letting me go around, look at his gym. And as I'm in there with him, a guy goes down with the squat bar. I'm like, you see this? On top of that, it's not just that. It's, it's, it's every time I am at the gym, I do see that final rep struggle, struggle, and the guy barely gets it on the rack. Uh, that's every time I go. And then I show him the video of what I've created. And I said, would you use this? And I get absolutely every single time I show it to him. And I know that from years of me going to the gym, being by myself, if I had that as an, I would use it every time. I would never not use this knowing that I could simply <laughs> open my hands and the bar stops. I mean, I don't, yeah, it just seems so obvious to me. And especially if you, if the people out there, whoever's had an injury like this, it's really, you just don't want it. Really? You don't want it. Now, um, uh, where else did you want to go with that? So, one more thing about the, the liability. Sure. So that's, uh, I spoke to a CEO of a company that's very experienced and he said, this could easily get to a point where the gyms have to have it. So if there is an accident, you know, that th people would say with the guy, you know, whoever would be the judge or whatever would say, how come you didn't have this? I mean, why would you not have this? So it could ultimately be a requirement. I can see that happening very easily. Yeah. You know, as you've kind of gone through the last year, you know, entrepreneurs at times, you know, think they're making progress at the same time. They think they might be, you know, effectively on a treadmill. Um, yeah. So what, what were some of the milestones that you've kind of said, okay, you know, I'm making progress. You know, whether it was from the patent office, whether it was from, you know, an aha moment, maybe it was something that, you know, you guys thought that you were troubleshooting, but it was a little harder to figure out how to actually, you know, get it to that point of efficacy where, you know, I could say, look, this laser is not going to, you know, if it's blinded by something like it's not like there, there's nothing that's going to stop right. the safety component to this. So talk a little bit about because entrepreneurs live on an island. And it's yeah. usually a pretty lonely <laughs> island. Um, so talk, about yeah. the, talk about some of the things that kind of stopped you and say, okay, I'm in the right direction. Like I'm actually, this thing's moving forward, not just kind of treading water. Okay. Well, the initial design, which a tr the tremendous engineer uh, came up with, initially that was a big motivator. It was so great right away. Um, we went through some iterations, some fails, uh, went back to the drawing board. Uh, there was one issue with there was only one laser on the bar. So as the bar rotates in the lifter's hand, there, there was an issue with that. Because in different lifts, there's rotating of the bar. So we were able to solve that with multiple lasers on it. Um, ultimately, what was a great motivator through this very difficult pass, as you described, um, was lifters coming to use it. And I actually sent uh, David some videos of a, of a CrossFit lifter commenting on it. And he was blown away by it. And I often see that uh, response that the lifters are like, wow, wow, wow. This is great. Uh, Mark Henry, I met with, I don't know if you know him. He's, he's like, he has tremendous Olympic records. Uh, he was, I think he was the strongest man in the world at one point. 
And a lot of times I heard no brainer. So those, those things were very, very encouraging. Most of my time and money went into perfecting the prototype. Uh, we really, I, it was very important to me that I made it as perfect as possible and great. So everyone that see, has seen it and used it in every demo, I get tremendous feedback. And that's really been the greatest motivator so far. Gotcha. You know, as you kind of take a look at the different areas that you could go into, and, and you and I have had some side conversations about this, you know, you can go and talk to the equipment vendors that can either go back and say, okay, let me go and add this in as kind of like standard with my equipment going forward. Um, you know, kind of like what we use an analogy, kind of like Microsoft, um, you know, operating system went along with every IBM laptop, you know, back in the mm -hmm. day, um, yeah. or, um, you know, certain devices already come with, you know, pre-installed apps or come with pre-installed pieces of technology you can turn on and off. Um, so how do you think about, and obviously you and I are going to talk about this with Ganolin about how we, you know, what's the right entry point. Um, where do you see kind of the biggest opportunity to kind of get some real traction and, you know, when, when do you think that you're ready to go to market with that? Okay. So I think the, probably the biggest, uh, opportunity initially is chain gyms right off the bat. Um, I also see a tremendous opportunity with, uh, high schools and colleges and pro teams and college teams. Again, I also, see, I also see the home gym. I was injured in the home. So I know that, you know, during the pandemic, so many people outfitted their homes, I think it's a, the, the stat is as high as about 60% of adults actually have gyms at the home and work out in the home. And what a great add-on. So many people have had accidents in the home alone, no spotter. And this is such a great device to have that can, again, total peace of mind while you're lifting and total safety. You know, as you take a look at the other pieces of equipment, you know, the stopgap, if you will, between what you've developed and what's out there right now are typically like when you're going down a rack, they might Never. have like other slots that you can, you know, rack into. Um, obviously a lot of barbells and, you know, related to, to chest press do not have that. So, you know, as you kind of look at, you know, convince, you know, be either building a brand in the industry, um, you know, you and I kicked around a couple of different names. Um, you know, you're an inventor at the same time, you know, you, you want to be a technology provider. So give us some of the things that may have gone through are going through your head about how you might be able to get that to market, because sometimes it's not the obvious choice that that becomes the one, you know, the laser, you know, there's an inventor that is collecting royalties. Um, you know, there, there are companies in the auto industry that create parts and, you know, they're not theirs, you know, they're, they're somebody right, else's. Right. Right. Think about, give us some of, some of that for the entrepreneurs thinking about going to market strategies. Well, which part exactly? That, that there's an overlap with other uh, elements well, of the device or what? Well, that there might be, you know, ways that you can license the technology. There might be ways, hey, I'm going to build it. Hey, I'm going to go into these markets on my own. I'm going to get somebody else to go into these markets for me. Not that it's just decided, but I, I feel like it's interesting for, you know, people that are, are selling products to think about. Right. And go get my product into Lululemon or Sephora, you know, or Best Buy, or I can maybe go some of these alternative routes. Yeah. Well, again, as I, we, we've discussed in the past, I am brand new to this. I'll tell you. So all options are on the table. I keep moving forward. And it could be that, that we are actually manufacturing 
uh, and slowly building the, the business and getting into gyms and growing and growing. Or someone could come along and offer a large licensing deal and, and buy it outright. That's all on the table and possible uh, for sure. But the important thing is to keep moving uh, and kind of feel my way through the dark and do my best. Uh, I've learned a lot along the way. Again, as you said, it's a lonely journey. It's, it's darker than people think. And, and it really had to be very, very patient. And your temperament is a big deal as, as you go through this. And I just keep moving it forward. I meet new people. I, like I met you and David. Uh, and, I just, and I'm sure that right person is going to come along and it's going to change the course of things. But the important thing really is to make the product as great as possible and keep yeah. moving, keep getting it out there, keep meeting new people. Yeah. You know, when, you, when, when we first started the discussion uh, last week about this, you said, you know, I've got some investors, but I kind of want to wait until I either fill the round before I bring it in, um, you know, for, for educational purposes here, um, for other entrepreneurs, there's sometimes when you have what's called a, a rolling cap raise, which basically yeah. I'm going to take in money, um, and I'm going to cap it once I get to, let's say a million dollars. But if, if I'm going to get a hundred thousand in, I might say, you know, wire that in. There are also entrepreneurs such as Russ that basically say, look, if I don't have the full million, I don't think I'm going to be able to accomplish what I want to accomplish. I don't want you to be kind of first money in and then no money ever out because I didn't have the chance <laughs> to actually, you know, fin finish, finish the play. Um, so talk about why you feel like that in your gut. You're, you're the kind yeah. of guy that I got to wait for it versus right. other entrepreneurs might say, Hey, look, you know, I just got to keep this train running and like, I'll figure out a way at the end to, to yeah. fill the round. That's interesting because you know, it's funny. Peter, as you take on something new like this, uh, a tough challenge, you, you learn a lot about yourself, things you didn't really know about. So, so as we are discussing this, um, I, I just, as, as people were offering significant amount of money, I felt, again, this is something that was new to me that I learned about myself. I was very sensitive about their money, like very, like more than I thought I would be. Right. So it was, it was important to me to, to say to them, say, look, Let's get this to a to a point uh, where the full amount is raised, and there's a lot of encouragement because it would kill me if 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 what you described, money in, no money out. Uh, and I realized that about myself. That was, and I kind of like, you know, I may have lost <laughs> money because I didn't close it, sure. but that's okay. It was very important to me that uh, I was sensitive about their money. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's 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 the reason. So you know, as you know, getting into any kind of sales, um, you know, you got to knock down a couple of wins as mm -hmm. you knock down those wins or get a couple of brands and say, Hey, I've got it in here, get a case study. Um, you know, maybe show like, here's our injury report from this quarter to the quarter after my device is in there. Um, uh, okay. maybe some stories about people being able to make that last, you know, couple of reps because they feel secure that, that they can do it. And therefore, you know, they've, they've, they've accomplished higher you know, goals, uh, you right. know, that they've had on their end, you know, you, you're coming into the game here kind of as a fresh entrepreneur. Um, and I said to somebody on another call, um, who kind of flipped into a new industry that it might benefit him that he wasn't from the industry because he's, he doesn't have a playbook that is kind of hearkened to, or like attached to like this, how you do things. Um, right. so, so give us a couple of like insights into maybe, how you started this and maybe there wasn't any blockades in place because this kind of was your first venture and you're, you know, yeah. you're more of an adult than most entrepreneurs. 
Well, I certainly was not jaded or anything from having a negative experience. So right. maybe that helped. I, I'm sure that there's, I'm sure you've spoken to many entrepreneurs that have just like scars and battle wounds. And uh, right. I didn't have, I, I didn't have any of that. Now that may have worked against me in some levels be, be uh, just bright eyed, bushy tailed, thinking everything was going to go perfectly. Um, but in, in a sense, I think it did help actually, you know, because I think my temperament was really in a good place to manage uh, these people and these engineers. And I was certainly very happy to watch the project move along. I was really, I really enjoyed the whole process very much. Um, so I think that not having the experience was okay. Uh, I would prefer to have had some more experience. Uh, I have it now. I, there's things I would have done differently. Um, but that's probably anybody on this journey. Um, but really great. I mean, you know, like Jeff Bezos even said that you want to have that, that regret minimization in your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't want to look back and say, oh, I wish I had tried that. And you never beat yourself up over the, the things that you didn't fail. You'll beat yourself up over things that you never tried that wanted to. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So all of that factored in, it's really been overall a great, a great journey. Got it. So for the potential investors who are listening to this call or potential you know, first adopters to, to try out the product, you know, give us a sense of, you know, we've got a patent provisional patent. Um, so we assume that that's going to be protected. Uh, yeah. do you have a number it, of prototypes and process also just, just so you know, it's, gotcha. it's and that's going to be settled soon. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, what's the, what's the timeline on, let me get this product into, into clubs. Let me get it into a couple of showrooms. Um, mm -hmm. let me start to commercialize that. So, Give us a timeline and, you know, assume this podcast is, uh, you know, end, end of summer uh, 2023, you know, give us a couple of goalposts that people can say, okay, I'll, I'll hit you then or I'll want to get in now. Well, as the funding comes in, I think we could easily have, you know, 50 to 100 units out uh, in, in clubs or gyms uh, right away. I would say within less than six months, no problem. And then we can yeah. sort of go, go from there and the product... You know, I, I could see it being a hit right away, uh, you know, particularly, you know, again, as we discussed the gyms and everything, but I had a friend that was just in town and he's a uh, uh, wrestling coach at a high school. And he goes, these high schools would eat it up, eat it up. Once safety's involved, um, and there's what, 20,000 high schools uh, in the country. There's such a, it's just an enormous market, uh, you know, between, the, as I said, the home gyms, the club gyms, the sports teams, physical therapy centers class A apartment buildings, hotels, even, um, it could take off dramatically very easily. Yep. And especially since, you know, gyms are in a very competitive environment when it comes to equipment and technology. So this could be, we could outfit a gym so fast. It could be a major safety and tech jump for a gym instantly, instantly without buying new equipment. Mm -hmm. It's a compact device that attaches right on in five minutes. And then the last question, just so, and we'll have a video up there so people could see how, how this works and, and how the technology locks in, um, okay. on the bar. What is the, I mean, it's not plugged into anything. Is it one of these long lasting, you know, little mini and lift, lithium batteries and that it, it did, uh, buzzes if it's, uh, you know, on low battery, <laughs> like what's, that seems to me like the only power related, you know, uh, item on the list. Right. Okay. So that's one of the beauties of the, these wonderful phd mit engineers they did a tremendous job so the battery lasts for months and it's monitored the, the life is extended through software controls 
So there's a main battery that'll last, it'll go on and on and on. And the laser is charged off of the main battery through a USB cable as well. So there's no cords, no plugins, no wires. That's great. And it right, attaches well, right, that also attaches to the rack with a magnet. Yeah. And then what, what's the weight of the entire device? Do you have that uh, figured oh, out yet or an average? I don't even, I should have that, but it's probably 20 pounds total. 20 pounds. Yeah. Something so like that. He's only shippable. Um, Easily and, and, shippable and um, supports up to, we had about 800 pounds on it. Probably does a thousand. We'll have to go through extensive testing. But I mean, 800 pounds was no problem. That's great. Yep. All right. Well, uh, well, Russ, we're looking forward to the, uh, the commercial release, helping you out, getting into the right places. Um, obviously, anything we can do on the safety side in the halo sector uh, is super important. Uh, people have good experiences lifting weights and showing those results, um, you know, go a long way. And people that, that get hurt in the process, you know, it's probably 10x that in, in negative, you know, commentary. So anything we could do to give people a safe landing spot and lifting spot and laser spot, we will, uh, we, we will, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll maneuver our way through it. So, okay. Hey, Peter, thank you so much. All All right, right, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. David, thank you as well.